Welcome in to another episode of the Think Deeper podcast. Your co-host, Will Harib here, joined, as always, by Joe and Jack Wilkie. Uh, we've got another uh, fascinating episode lined up for everybody. Um, before we do, uh, feel that it, we feel that it is our duty to, to check in on Jack as he just had twins uh, a couple weeks ago. And so, uh, you know, you guys can't see his face on the, on the Zoom feed here, but he looks pretty awake. Look, looks, you know, like he's gotten some sleep. But Jack, how, how is life? How are you handling yourself after you went from two kids to four in the last two or three weeks or so. Big jump, big jump. Sorry, what's that? I was, I was just, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, things are going well. It is, it is really awesome having four uh, little ones. Uh, no, there's, there's, there's some nights with very bad sleep, but that's okay. Um, uh, very much a blessing, and so we're really enjoying it. Uh, it's crazy. We're coming up on there a month old already, and wow, uh, Joe, you're going to be on to number three a month from now, and so we're just going to have a... Steady stream of kids added to the podcast. Rachel and I have to catch up, apparently. Yeah. Seriously, right. yeah. Slacking <laughs> you guys back there with just the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, Allison made a joke, something about, um, uh, like, every Thanksgiving that we've had with my parents, she's pregnant, and uh, she said something about, you know, well, there's plenty of time. We might be pregnant again by then this year. So hold on, hold on. You know, and she was, she was <laughs> joking, low. but I just Slow looked down. at her like, Slow down. <laughs> hang on. No, we're not. We, the four <laughs> under four is hard enough. We're not doing five under five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're, do, we're doing pretty good they'll all be really close when they get older though so that's good yeah that's right that's right jack's just gonna need about gallons of coffee uh for the next five years of his life or so yeah and coffee and yeah. prayer and the grace of god is, is getting us through it but uh anyway <laughs> i appreciate it for asking um i think will's got the lead on this episode so why don't you uh, get us rolling on on today's topic so what we want to get into t- with today's episode is it's it's kind of an exciting time coming up. We're coming up on summer, and um, I don't know if this is because I'm still relatively young, uh, you know, only 22. The idea of summer still kind of ex- still is, is kind of exciting to me. It's something the weather's getting warmer. Um, there's a lot of pl- people have a lot of plans. There's traveling going on, and as somebody who who works with a lot of young people, you can just kind of you can sense the excitement with young people as they're about to get out of school. Uh, we've got um, three seniors uh, down here at Decatur that are graduating. Um, three of our re- most most involved young people, they're graduating, going off to college, and, and you can just kind of tell it's really exciting for them. But but even for all the other kids, and even for adults, again, people like myself, summer's an exciting time. You, you've got camps. Uh, you've obviously, as I discussed, you've got travel plans. Uh, you've got just all kinds of, of fun things in many cases and exciting things going on. But what we want to talk about with today's episode is, is kind of the idea of what to watch out for during summer. How can we keep our families safe? How can we make sure that, uh, that we are, you know, staying on the narrow path when it comes to being a Christian during the summertime. But, uh, as we get into that again, it's an exciting time. It really is. And guys, for, for you, do y'all have, I know Jack just had twins, so that might be an interesting question for him, but any, any, ex- not going Anywhere. I say, any exciting summer <laughs> plans other than taking care of two twins, I guess, for you, Jack? Everybody's going to no, summer camps. I mean, Jack's going to boot camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just kind of settle in. Um, you know, but it, it is. Even even with little kids, you know, finding time to make special memories with family, taking the kids for ice cream, sure. making lemonade with them, stuff like that. You know, it's it's fun. How about you, Joe? Yeah. I, um, I'm going to go speak up in Seattle uh, or Tacoma, Washington. Um, in July, 
I mean, I'd like to travel. I think Alyssa's due on June 8th, and so we'll also be having another small one enter the picture. And um, I don't know how that'll affect plans, but same. I mean, summer typically is a time where we're gone, like, and, and I don't think anybody holds a candle to you, Will, in terms of camps <laughs> and everything else, but typically we have really busy summers. This is one of the least busy. We're going to take a week in Colorado as well. Um, and then I think we go to Colorado Anybody twice. Anybody in youth ministry, but, though, like Will, I mean, like, summer yeah, but is, is just a blitz. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, church. The church schedule is busy, and that's why we're here to talk I about it. I think I have, I think I have three week-long camps in a span of five weeks. No, oh, so it's uh, not not going to be much when, rest time and all that. I was going to say, when do you sleep in that? Yeah, yeah, not uh, not much. The two weeks you're off, you just yeah, you just sleep the entire day, like 24-hour days. Yeah, well, last sleep. year during that five-week span, we actually took a week vacation to come out and see Joe and Alyssa in Colorado. So we were oh, that's right, or I at least was gone from my house for like four weeks out of a five-week span. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy busy. It, it really is. And well, I think that perfectly underlines what, again, what this podcast is all about. Like yeah. you specifically, because you, I think, represent a lot of the average family. Sure. Where you got camps and you are traveling, you're, you're taking vacations, you're doing so many things. And so that's why we wanted to talk about this is we recognize, man, this is a busy, busy time for people. Jack and I, for the most part, have it pretty easy this summer. Um, what, Jack's got four kids. We're about to have three. That will ramp up here in five to seven years. Will, you're in youth ministry. That'll never go away. Hmm. And now that you got Jackson, you know, that'll that'll continue. But um, <clears throat> we recognize a few distinct challenges. So, Will, how about you, I guess you've already introed a couple, but go ahead and intro the challenges or unique challenges we want to get into today. Sure. So the the first one that we want to get into as far as something that's a challenge that Christian families are really going to have to work towards and, and make sure that they keep this a priority is making sure that our families stay focused on God during the busyness of summer. You know, I, I am the one of the most guilty at, you know, when I'm wanting to get into a habit, when I'm wanting to get into a routine of maybe Bible study or prayer or, or you know, whatever it is with just myself or with my family, I, you know, and I, maybe I let it slide for a week. I constantly go back to, well, once I have a normal week, you know, I, I'll make sure and get this done. Once I have a normal week with nights at home and, and all this, then I'll be able to get all that stuff done. And, you know, what I've had to learn is that there aren't very many normal weeks, at least for our family. And when you're talking about There's summer. There's that meme about, like, adulthood is saying, yeah, but in a couple of weeks, things are going to slow down over and over until exactly. you die. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. I'm, I'm learning yeah. that. I'm, I'm learning that. But you, you think about summer, for a lot of people, there are not many normal weeks. And so it can, be, it can become very easy to get out of the habit of making sure that you and your family are still heavily focused on God, keeping up with the family devotionals, keeping up with Bible study and prayer. It's a challenge. And so that's the, the first one that we want to address is basically how do we make sure that we keep, if you're in just an individual listening to this podcast, maybe you're a young, young person and you're just an individual, how do you keep yourself uh, make sure you stay focused on God during the busyness of summer. And then if you're a member of a family, obviously a, a father or mother, how do you make sure that you, your spouse, and your kids stay focused on God during the busyness of summer? So I want to kick it to you guys. I guess that's kind of the broad question that we want to address first, the first challenge. How would you answer somebody that asked that question? You know, man, summer's so busy. How do I stay focused on God? What would you guys say? We started the year with the the one about goals and, and self-discipline and, and taking on challenges and all that. And man, summer is where that stuff really crashes and burn. Even if you did well to get through the first few months and keep stuff up, that schedule happens. You're traveling. There's people, you know, coming over. You're going else to other people's house. Your kids are gone. Um, 
you really have to decide what things matter. And I think cutting back is a smart thing, is realizing what we can cut out, what things we, we can pull back on, but realizing the spiritual life is not that. Your daily walk with God matters. Your, your daily time as a family around the Bible and, and prayer and singing and stuff like that matters. And and make that a non-negotiable. Even, I mean, even if you have to do stuff in the car. I mean, I remember as a kid, places we were traveling, Joe might remember this, of reading the Bible or singing songs or you know, whatever else, just to kind of keep some of that connection, or just reading a book together and, and discussing it uh, afterwards. And so uh, making sure, you know, just looking at things and saying, you know what, some things are going to fall by the wayside. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the house might not be as clean, we might not eat as, as healthily as we want, things like that. But the spiritual is still going to happen. Every day still needs that time for prayer. Uh, the family still needs that time together, that time around the word. And and so you really do have to decide what the non-negotiables are going to be. And, you know, uh, a couple of the kids go out of the house for a week for camp. You know, things like that are going to be a little different. But try and, and maintain some normalcy to realize the Christian walk is not something that only happens in times of convenience. Because if that was the case... There'd be a lot of interruptions all year round. We'd never really have a consistent walk. It is through the ups and downs in life, through the busy seasons, through the less busy seasons. And so um, nailing down the things that have to stay is, is, I think, step number one there. I also think that there's a, a – summer to me is kind of jumping from one big thing to the next. There, there's a struggle of, you know, what's the next big thing? What's the next camp? What's the next VBS? What's the next um, trip Vacation. that we're going on? Sure. Yeah. Vacation, yeah. We're going over to so-and-so's house. We're going to spend the night for three nights in a row, whatever it is. And you're hopping from big moment to big moment, and it's in those quiet, small moments that, that we're not disciplined we kind of lose track of. We end up, you know, for kids playing video games or, or you know, even doing summer reading plans, things like that, <clears throat> excuse me, which are, you know, can be really good, <clears throat> but they're not typically focused on, on scripture. And so what I'd say is get really good at maximizing the use of time in the small moments and trying not to jump so much from big moment to big moment of like, we got this coming up. And so, well, what's the point of getting in a routine now? What's the point of doing things now? Look, if you have family Bible or family worship or something like that, um, which a lot of people do this, you know, nightly, but if you get it in, seven times over the course of a summer. That's better than getting it in zero times over the course of a summer, right? So we sometimes, I think, worry about, well, we don't have enough time to really get into a routine. That's okay. Take what you can, use those small moments, maybe incorporate scripture as part of your summer reading plan. Have your family um, take on a summer reading plan for for um, the kids, if your kids are old enough to be reading, and then you can talk about that in the car, as Jack, you, you mentioned as well. Um, I think excuse me, I think speaking to your kids about God's role and everything is really important as well. Uh, talk to them about their friend choices and bad company corrupts good morals and bring in, bring in some scripture, but also, um, you know, the, the role of a friend with David and Jonathan and things like that, if they're going to be at their friend's house or when you're on the road, speak about God's, about the beauty of nature, things like that, where we're trying to incorporate God into the smaller moments, I think can really help um, just ground you a little bit and not make you jump from mo big moment to big moment, if that makes sense. I think the other thing that I would say, and this is, as I kind of said a second ago, this is me preaching to myself, is when it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to, again, Bible study, prayer, um, the time that you spend with God, don't get so, and, and I guess, Joe, you kind of talked about this, don't get so tied down to a routine. For instance, well, I always do my Bible study in the morning. Well, then if you have three mornings that are just absolutely out of whack because you're so busy, you got stuff going on, 
you know, you still have the afternoon. You still have that later that evening. But a lot of people, they get so tied down to their routine and it's like, well, I didn't do it this morning, so I guess I'll just wait till tomorrow, right? And then tomorrow, same thing. The morning's busy. Well, I, I, I didn't get to it this morning, so I, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow or till whatever it is. Be flexible. You know, summer, with, with as busy as summer is, and again, this, this is a struggle for me. I like doing my Bible study in the morning. I like doing my prayer in the morning. Well, not all mornings are gonna, I'm gonna, am I gonna have an hour to two hours where I can, you know, sit at the table, sit at my desk and, and do those things. Stuff comes up. And so one of the things I have to work on is not getting so tied down to the routine that it's like, well, I didn't do it this morning. Let me at least wait till tomorrow morning. Take advantage of the free time. I mean, you are going to have time in the afternoon, in the evening. You're going to have time, uh, prayerfully, Lord willing, with your family. It's going to be sort of downtime. Don't get so tied down to your routine that you just completely neglect it altogether. Again, I think that's what a lot of people get into. Again, kind of what Jack was talking about. If it's not convenient, they're just not going to do it. That, that would be my encouragement to, to everybody when it comes to this. For, again, for both yourself as an individual and your family. Guys, we've already kind of talked about some, some basic things as far as what we can do. Get on a family Bible reading plan. Start family worship if you're not already. What else do you guys have? And any other kind of more practical tips for families as far as keeping them focused on God during the busyness of summer? I think the summer would actually be a, a good time in your family reading or, or your individual reading with your kids, whatever for the proverbs um one of the things that can set in with summer is kind of laziness sloth uh you know like it, it is a time of rest especially for kids off of school you're taking vacations or whatever and there's a place for that but that's also where you get into a lot of trouble and and joe brought up you know about the the companions the friends you hang out with uh, the trouble you can get into there uh, a lot of time at home on the computer and we're going to do some episodes on that uh later on you know there's the opportunities for getting in trouble are more uh, the opportunities for just kind of sitting around and, and throwing the whole time away. Yeah. Rest and relaxation are good and use that number one. And so uh, I'd recommend the Proverbs number one, number two, um, when it comes to travel, uh, if you're out of town, that's great. Don't miss worship still, you know, don't that, that's not an excuse. I mean, there's churches just about everywhere you go. Look someone up, look, look a place up, go uh, worship with them. You'll meet Christians, uh, in different places, that's a really great uh, blessing, getting that fellowship, getting that experience of uh, being with the church around the country, wherever you're going. And so um, I think that's one that needs to be emphasized a lot. And, and I might be preaching to the choir with the people who listen. They might know that. But um, it, just because you're out of town doesn't mean it, Sunday's not the Lord's day. Um, so, so make that habit as well. Make that determination to not lose that habit either. I find that it's also we will prioritize that which matters to us. We'll get it done if it really is, is, you know, a priority to us. So in the summer, if it's, you know, you'll have kids that they really want to beat a certain video game or they really want to read a certain book or the family really wants to take time and go to the zoo every week or whatever it is, that they'll make time for that. And that's really cool. So the biggest thing here is what do you prioritize, right? At the end of the day, what do you prioritize? That's not, we're not trying to shame people into it or anything like that. We're just trying to say, look, if it's that important, it will happen. If the kid wakes up at nine or 10 in the morning and sleeps in, hey, good for him. That's cool. But prioritize something spiritual in that day. The other thing that I would say is use the the lack of structure maybe to get into some really fun things. Come up with some cool spiritual activities. Do a, um, a, a study on the tabernacle or whatever else. I mean, you can build certain things and and do certain activities that maybe you don't have time for during the, the school year due to homework and everything else. Hey, 
use the free time to have kids do some really fun things where you get the family involved. Think outside the box for a little bit. You can Google all those things. I don't have all the ideas, but Google has a ton of ideas. Uh, reach out to friends on Facebook. Say, hey, what are you doing with, with your time or, or with your kids this summer with the extra time to stay spiritual? Um, reach out to people. Get some good ideas is what I would say. I think the, the point there with that is take advantage of the extra time that you're going to have with your kids. Um, and that's speaking to all the parents out there. We're about to get into the summer camps and VBS and things that happen in the summer. But I would encourage parents, I guess both with this point and the next point, don't just try to send your kids to, to every single thing possible for a babysitting service to get them out of your hair because you know they've been home all day or whatever. Take advantage of, of the extra time that you have with them. As Joe was just talking about, be creative. Be creative with your with your uh, you know instructing them in the Word of God. Be creative with your family time. I think a lot of, of parents, unfortunately, and this is you know a general statement, I get it, but I think a lot of parents, unfortunately, sometimes will get into this mindset of, what's well, the next thing I can send my kids to so they can, again, kind of be out of my hair. I don't have to deal with them as much. That's a really bad mindset. That's not a good mindset at all, and, and sometimes you see parents doing that in the summertime. So that would be, I guess, an encouragement to parents is to make sure you're taking advantage of the extra with kids being out of school, the extra time you have with them rather than trying to send Let them me- to the next thing. Let me step on a quick soapbox here. Um, as somebody who does family therapy, please stop telling your kids that I just can't wait for the kids to go back to school. You post it on social media and things, especially if your kids are old enough to see it. Uh, when do they go back to school? When does the school uh, school year start? Enough. Okay. What message are you sending to your kids? You're sending that, that you I hate can't being wait around for them, you to, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I can't wait for you to be gone. And your kids feel that. They sense that. And they go, oh, the oh it's coming. Oh, finally, I'm free. You know, exactly. Right? And so the teachers don't want the kids. The parents don't want the kids. And when and we think. being shuffled from people who don't want you to people who don't want you. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know, I'm, I'm just joking about it. Are you really? Come on. It, it, to me, it drives me nuts. It's like, do you want your kids? Do you want to be around them or not? It's not really a joke. It's the same thing as we talked about on the marriage episode of, oh, well, you'll hate being married in five years. Is that a joke or is that rooted in, in reality? Right. And the kid recognizes. Sometimes they don't understand it's it's a quote unquote joke because it's not really a joke. And second off, they don't pick up on the finer points of, of maybe your sarcasm there. And so kids can very much feel like summer is a time where they're not wanted. And that can drive us into all sorts of bad things, you know, hanging out with, again, bad friends or getting into bad things online or whatever it may be. Families, cherish these times with your kids and let them know how special they are to you and how much you enjoy the summers with them. Um, That goes a long way. So it may not be, you know, in terms of keeping your family spiritual, but the kids that recognize what a blessing they are to the family, that definitely helps in terms of feeling wanted by a church, feeling wanted by their family, and it opens the door for a lot more spiritual activities as well, I find. So just play that up. Don't don't make those jokes, please. I'm, I'm stepping off the soapbox now. <laughs> Joe, you are absolutely on a roll. So I'm actually going to let you get into the next uh, challenge or caution, I guess, that we have. Sure, on. sure. Perfect. So <clears throat> number two on our list, we want to give cautions for Christian summer camps, VBS, and, and Christian mission trips. Um, though I guess there's no such thing as non-Christian mission trips. Uh, but... <sighs> We think that these will solve our dilemma, right? We want our kids to be spiritual. We want to make sure that that they are uh, staying active for God, right? And so what do we do? Will, you reference it. A lot of times parents, I think, use it as a babysitting service. But even if they don't, sometimes we went to Christian summer camps. We went to FPTC, Future Preachers Training Camp, um, in Denver every year, me and Jack, and, and Legacy Camp. And we went to you know a few different Christian camps. And we gear up for the fun things, even if it's PTP toward the end of the summer, right? Um, that can be really good. 
but I think sometimes we use it to fill that gap that we're leaving behind on the day-to-day. And again, it's jumping from next moment, kind of the big moment to big moment. But if I send my kids to Christian summer camp or or if, if they get involved in a VBS or two, that will solve their spiritual dilemma, which to me, here's another soapbox rant, kind of goes along with what we do when we're when they're in public school. And we think that by talking to them about God like 20 minutes a week is, is solving everything else. And it's like, look, sending a kid to one VBS for three or four days in, in the summer is not really solving his spiritual um, depletion over the summer. And, and sending him to one Christian summer camp for one week when he's got effectively, what, eight, nine, ten weeks of summer, and we don't discuss God at hardly any of the other ones, but we're going to send him to a Christian summer camp, and that's going to keep him faithful. It doesn't, okay? We're, we're losing kids at crazy rates. But there's a few reasons why this doesn't work. Jack, you and I have spoken a lot about this. We were speaking off air. I think even yesterday we were kind of talking about it. I'm going to tee you off on some of the challenges for this specific idea of, of Christian summer camps and VBS and mission trips. I wrote about it years ago. Uh, it's on focuspress.org. I'll link on, on the article page. Because I, I had this concern of seeing friends, of, of just kind of going through that cycle of every summer, and, and there's this spiritual high that, you know, everybody comes back, and it's like, okay, part of it is spiritual. I'm not denying that. You're singing in worship to God, which is great. You're, you're, there's more prayer. There's more time in the Bible. But then you've also got a bunch of tired teenagers with the hormones, sometimes the boy-girl thing, depending on the camp and how well they regulate all that. Uh, you know, like, there, there's so many factors going in, and you come back in just this this haze, as we were talking about with Will, like, nobody's sleeping. You know, it's just... And then you come back to church, and, and I've, I've dealt with people... Uh, in in congregations where I've preached, where um, man, no no spiritual high is good enough. The average Sunday morning worship is like, oh man, I just I just need that high. I just need that. Well, that's not a normal thing. And so sometimes that translates to like large baptism numbers at camp. Um, baptisms are great. We want people to be baptized, and and there's a lot of legitimate camp baptisms. A lot of people who are ba- baptized at camp and decades later are faithful Christians. There's also a lot of them that are baptized at camp and a month later are not in the church building. But it was it was just that emotional moment. The, the your friends are doing it. There's a peer pressure kind of thing, um, and so some of the things that that get created by this environment we have to be careful with. We have to be careful to you know realize and and help the kids realize, help the adults realize that this is a special function. Uh, but what you win them with is what you win them to. And if you've got somebody coming thinking spirituality is this mountaintop experience all the time, and then, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a very specific one because I I think this story speaks for, I would say, tens of thousands of teenage boys go to summer camp in the summer. You've been struggling with a porn addiction because everybody your age is. I mean, statistically, it's it's rampant. And you go and man, you're spiritually on this high and you're strong. And and even if you don't have that specific discussion, you're talking with brothers and we're going to be strong this year. We're going to be we're going to do better. I'm going to go home and I'm rededicated. And you go back and man, three days later, you're on your own in your house. You stumble and fall again. You're back into the habit. And and it's like, man, it just but a camp. It was so great. There's good things to take from camp. There are those connections, those things, but it's not the real battle of everyday spiritual life. And so we have to see it for what it is, which is a good, fun thing, a good shot in the arm, but help people realize it's also not the entirety of the Christian life. And I think that's the key is to keep it in perspective, obviously. And to clarify, I'm certainly not, and I don't think these guys either are saying camps are wrong, VBSs are wrong, we don't need to be a a part of them. 
the right. point is to keep it in perspective. As as both these guys have, have so beautifully put, sometimes you, you do come off of it with this quote unquote spiritual high that you know you you, you forget the fact that the day to day, the week to week Christian life can be a struggle. You talk about the porn addiction. You talk about just even again, something as simple as keeping in the habit of the Bible study, keeping in the habit of of prayer. Man, it's easy at church camp. Man, it's easy at you know on on mission trips. We haven't talked about that a lot. You're, you're surrounded by like minded people. You're evangelizing. You're doing things that we should be doing. But sometimes again, we we forget the fact that the day to day Christian life, the week to week Christian life, is not like that all the time. And so I would encourage both young people, if you're a young person listening. Nothing wrong with going to summer camp. Nothing, certainly nothing wrong with going on a mission trip. But keep it in perspective. Understand that you probably you, you, you might be a victim of this quote-unquote spiritual high. Don't lose it three days afterwards. Continue to strive to, to learn more. Continue to strive to, to, to reach out to, to the, the people that you interacted with on the mission trip or at camp. I've been a part of, of several camps where, the, you know, guys camps where the guys are like, man, we're going to stay in touch throughout the year. We're going to connect with each other once a week. Doesn't last two weeks. Um, and so again, I would encourage the young people, make sure you're keeping in perspective. Christianity does not equal a week at summer camp. Christianity does not equal a two week mission trip. It, it can be a part of it. It can be, you know, again, as Jack said, a shot in the arm. It's not all of it. And for parents, make sure your kids understand that. Make sure your kids understand the distinction that, you know, we're going to come back home and the, the Sunday morning worship, the, the Wednesday night Bible classes, they're not going to be maybe necessarily as fun. They're not going to be as maybe necessarily appealing because it's something different. Um, keeping it in perspective and making sure kids understand the difference here, I think is the key. Let me take the flip side of that though. To those in church, trying to think how, how to best phrase this. Basically, I think the church should do a better job of trying to meet some of that stuff of trying to be what makes camp so special. Not in an attempt to chase the the spiritual high at all moments, but we do look at necessarily. Yeah, correct. We do see though in Acts two, the young, <clears throat> the Christians that are basically they're in awe, right? They're they're constantly feeling a sense of awe, and so we see that there is a an emotional aspect to Christianity. But I was also thinking, why was that? Because they were basically, li- I mean, I say they're like living Christian camp. They're devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. They're in each other's homes all the time. Day they're by day, meals. They're, right. Day by day, they're they're you know having all things in common. What do you do when you go to summer camp? You're meeting new people. It's really exciting. You have a lot of things in common. You're really excited about, you know, and, and maybe you're staying up late and you're having um, some really open conversations, deep conversations about your life and, and specific struggles. And maybe this is the time where you tell somebody about your porn addiction for the first time. And there's so many good things. You're you're confessing sin and you're singing songs side by side. You're studying the scriptures. You're doing all these things. And we come home and church has been... I hate to say it, but basically dumbed down so much that it's like, okay, show up on Sunday. Okay, good job. You did you did the right thing. Why wouldn't we call our churches to be more and say, what if we replicated some of that? What if we were in each other's home day by day? What if we were having meals together? What if we had all things in common? We were growing together and confessing our sins and praying with one another and staying up late and crying and, and rejoicing and praying and, and singing and all of these things together. I understand that's not sustainable 24-7, so I, I 1,000% get your point. But I also think there's an aspect of we need to have our churches step up and be something where it's it's okay to have the spirit move. We we're not going to have that all the time where it's you know. But at the same time, I think churches could do a much better job of replicating some of the things that make a camp life so special. 
I think that's such a good point, Jack. I'll tee you off here or tee you up here because this is kind of right up your alley with the church reset stuff. You know, we make the point that, you know, you look in Acts 2 and Acts 4, it was the relationships. It was the fact that they were together. They were, uh, they had all things in common, as Joe just talked about. Again, that is a lot of what you see at summer camp. And then kids come home and it seems like, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but it seems like a lot of maybe the older Christians, they're just going through the motions. It's just another day. It's a drag in, in many cases. And so church can be more and, and church should be more. Again, subtitle of your book, Jack, shouldn't church be more? Um, do you have anything to add to that? Because, Joe, I think that's a really good point. The fact that, yeah, we can look at a summer camp and say, yeah, well, that's not really what Christianity is all about. In some cases, obviously not all with the constant fun and the ice cream and all that. Some of it can be, though. Jack, what do you have to add? It's not just for kids either uh, because – you know, preaching school, we're surrounded by a bunch of guys that were studying to become ministers as well. Uh, and, and you're having these conversations, deep discussions about the Bible and things like that. And you get out and it's like, man, I missed that so much. That shouldn't be confined to preaching school. Or you'll hear people go to, to lectureships, you know, to conferences, to gatherings for a weekend or a week together and talk about, oh, man, it's just a little little slice of heaven on earth. And I, I think that's great, but the local church was supposed to be a slice of heaven on earth. And rather than chasing that all over to a camp, to a lectureship, to a, you know, whatever else, is working to create that where we are. And, and there's just certain elements of that, of it's open conversation with each other. I think so much of, of what we do in church, as a church, is uh, the closedness. Like, uh, everyone putting on the mask. Everyone, you know, being, uh, putting on a performance. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. But being able to open yourself up, uh, that that's one of the big appeals of camp, is you got a cabin and everyone's up talking late and telling stories about their life and, and sharing who they are and their struggles and things like that. Yeah, we should recreate that in the church. Joe's exactly right. Um, you know, singing together, praying together, those kinds of things go a long way. And, and so that's not just something that young people need. That's something we all need. And it's kind of a shame that we have relegated it to experiences, to week-long things, whether it's camps, VBSs, you know, uh, um, lectureships, all these things we've talked about, the, the special summer events, that that one time a year you get a feeling of Acts 2 kind of thing. And then, oh, well... I guess, you know, next year. Can't wait till next year. Like, well, let's go home and make it happen where we are as, as much as we can. It's not going to be exactly the same. I mean, we've talked about all the fun of camps and, and these events and things like that, mission trips. Um, but the closeness is something that we can work on. And, and it just takes dedication. And it takes a, a decision that this is something we need to be doing. And we're all blessed if we do. So, yeah, I, I think we should chase that at where, where we are rather than leaving it confined to certain events and times of the year. That's absolutely right. Very good point. I, I want to move on unless either one of you two has anything further to add to the third challenge that uh, that is a pretty big challenge for Christians during the summer. It's no secret that when summertime rolls around, the clothes get more and more revealing. The pictures on social media get more and more provocative from guys and girls. Modesty goes out the window in the summertime. Bikini pictures, people at the beach... Again, the shorts get shorter, um, the tank tops get lower. It, it's something that happens every single summer. And you could argue, maybe with the exception of this first, the first one that we talked about with keep staying focused on God, you could argue this one is the biggest challenge for families. It's the biggest challenge for, for young men, even young women as well. Focusing on modesty and making sure that we avoid lust. Guys, this is a big challenge. Uh, it's a big challenge for parents with, with, again, young boys, young girls. How do we address this? 
um, because we have we have belabored the point before that uh, Christian girls at the beach, Christian guys at the beach, you know, Christian girls at the gym, Christian guys at the gym. Modesty goes out the window for some reason. It's situational modesty, situational ethics. How do we deal with this challenge as families, making sure that we are staying pure in our thoughts when it comes to lust and making sure, of course, that we are dressing appropriately? What do you guys have to to start us off there? First, let me address parents. Parents, yes, your your son who claims that he's going to be perfectly fine at the beach and that you're trying to, um, you know, you're trying to keep him from a lot of those things. You'll try to find a more secluded place, but hey, it's California, whatever. We don't come here very often, so we're not going to think about that. Please, please consider this, okay? As a, a former porn addict, summer was the hardest time as a porn addict, trust me. Uh, it was very difficult because I had, again, the friends posts on social media, uh, I, we'd, we'd play hockey every summer and typically we'd, um, we'd go to nationals, which were usually in California. And so, yeah, the beach is right there. And my mom and dad were very cognizant of the fact that, Hey, this is going to be a major stumbling block. So there are times I didn't even go to the beach. Um, I recognized it myself. I didn't really want to, but at the same time, it is a struggle. Let's, let's stop pretending like it's not, let's stop pretending like, Oh, it's a one-time thing or a two-time thing. Some of those images don't really leave your mind. And so we don't want to put them there. Right. So just to the parents, be very cognizant of that fact that, yes, this is a struggle for young boys and sometimes for young girls as well. I know this sounds extreme <laughs> to some people, but like the the swimwear thing is, is so easy to reframe. And then you just see how ridiculous it is. If if the park, you know, in your hometown, uh, the, the baseball field or whatever else you, you were thinking, hey, we'll, we'll take the family over there, have a day out. And, and somebody told you, hey, um there's a bunch of women under over there just walking around in their underwear. You wouldn't take your family over there. What is a bikini? I mean, like, and so, you know, you wouldn't take your male teenage son there. You'd say, oh, we're going to stay away from that place. But yeah, but we're so desensitized to this, you know, to the, the immodesty of swimwear. And, and and as you said, the situation will of, oh, for some reason it's different. If there's sand under their feet, they can wear the exact same thing. And over here it's, oh, you know, that's obscene, but here. And so, we had you know comments on our our YouTube uh, think fast we did on prom of like well what do you just avoid yes yes you're talking about your son's soul here uh, you're talking about maybe even your husband's soul as many men struggle with this as well uh, women women as well you know the female pornography is on the rise you're talking about the same thing and so like yeah we get desensitized to this and this sounds kind of like a ridiculous thing take it seriously this is what this is probably the biggest spiritual battle in the church right now and and desensitization is why we lose that battle so often it's it's what we talked about with the prom video you're throwing the door wide open for temptation and telling your kids hey hey don't walk through it yeah i know it's right there put your toes on the edge of the cliff but don't fall off it's horrible i mean i remember growing up that uh my family, pretty much early on, you know, once once me and my brother started getting old enough, we stayed away from the beach in the summer. You know, we would go to the beach maybe October. Of course, we, we actually go with, with uh, Joe and Jack every uh, January when there's nobody in the water. Um, we didn't go to beaches in the summer. And again, for a lot of people, that sounds incredibly extreme. That sounds like, are you serious? You're saying we can't go to the beach? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is consider the consequences. Consider how much temptation is present every single time you're taking your family in the middle of July to a beach where, as Jack you know, uh, described, people are wearing pretty much their underwear out there. 
and you're and you're sitting there thinking, yeah, my, my kid will be fine. My husband, my wife will be fine. It's 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 horrible. It's 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 so again, we've become so desensitized desensitized to it that we don't even consider it in many cases. People in July, they're headed well, to the beach. Just take Jesus's word for it. Matthew five: He who looks on a woman with lust in his heart and has committed with lust has committed adultery with her in his heart. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Committing adultery in your heart that you're guilty of the sin of adultery before God. Why on earth would you throw fresh meat at that problem? I mean, take the scripture seriously is is why we we have these discussions. And for the women's side as well, it's really difficult to tell our young girls no when all their friends are are wearing bikinis and. Uh, you know, this is just the standard way or whatever it is, or even revealing one pieces. Like it's a, that's just, you know, all summer wear short shorts, just different things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, everybody else is doing it. It's just not a good excuse. First off, second off, your daughter will be okay. If she is, if she wears a swim shirt over it, um, and, and doesn't get to reveal her body, trust me, it's going to be okay. She may hate you now. She may be really frustrated, whatever it may be, but you know what? She's got dignity and you need to protect that. Even though she doesn't know the importance of that, you need to know the importance as the parents and say, no, we're not going to let you wear it. And the other aspect is there's a lot of, do not think that girls don't struggle with comparing themselves to other people at the beach, comparing themselves to body, which can lead to poor body image. It can lead to low self-esteem. And there, there's so many issues. And for the guys that take their shirts off, same thing. That's, that's just as immodest. Okay, fellas. Uh, yeah. Well, girls don't really work that way. First off again, as Jack referenced, women's pornography is on the rise um there's uh, there are estimates that about 33 percent of women are viewing pornography once a month uh, one in three uh it's it's people have no idea the statistics are mind-blowing we'll do a different one on that uh podcast just on that one but it's it is very tempting for them sometimes as well to lust in different ways and it's still guys that's just as immodest so it may come across as we're just hitting the girls but it is a it's a, a problem for both sides. That's exactly. I mean, you talk about you know your your daughter will be okay. You know, when I was ten years old, you know how annoyed I was that I had to wear a shirt to go swimming. You know, even if there wasn't many people around, that was a rule that we had. You know, you're gonna wear. A shirt. I, I remember thinking, are you kidding me? What's the what's the problem with this? But it's because culture has ingrained in us that hey, taking your clothes off at the beach or you know at the at the pool is fine. And so you talk about practical things with this last one again, which is a really big challenge. The first one that I would say, and then I'll kick it to you guys as far as, you know, what are some practical tips we've already kind of hit on the first one, you have to avoid those certain situations, you know, whether it's the beach or whether it's the neighborhood public pool. I remember very vividly, um, the, the pool that we had in our neighborhood, and this was when we were eight, nine, 10, uh, my, we, we loved the water. We loved to go to the pool. My mom would make sure if we went, it was when it first opened on a Saturday morning because nobody would go early in the morning. That was the time we got to go. When people started getting there, we would leave. And again, it's one of those things, it's a bummer. It's not as hot in the morning, so it's not as enjoyable. But you know, you have to avoid those certain situations. And and it is up to, I'm gonna put it on the dads here for this one, the, the fathers, the spiritual, the men who are supposed to be the spiritual leaders in the home. You decide, this is not gonna be a situation that we're gonna put our sons and our daughters in. Avoid the situations. Doesn't mean, move your move your beach trip to, to March. Move it to, to October, whatever it is. Find a beach that maybe nobody or a lot of people are not, uh, you know, frequenting, don't go to maybe Panama city or whatever it is, but that's on you as a father. That's on you as a mother to make sure that you avoid these situations, avoid again, throwing the door wide open for temptation and just daring your kids to not jump through it. Guys, what do you have as so far as with the modesty? Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, when the modesty discussion, you know, of Joe was talking about parents, you know, clothing your daughters, and every time you start talking about modesty, somebody goes, you know what, guys just shouldn't look. Why is it our problem? Look at all the things we just talked about of guys trying to do and parents guarding their sons, going out of their way, moving all of this stuff, not going to certain places of the United States, certain popular vacation destinations, not going to the swimming pool, telling your kids, I'm sorry, we can't do that. It's for your own good. All of this effort that's being taken to keep the, the boys out of these situations of lust, trying to teach them we don't go and put ourselves in that situation. We don't look on a woman's body that way because Jesus called it adultery of the heart. And and so you're doing all of this work and you say, and, and girls, please cover up. And the first thing is, why is it our responsibility? Why can't you control yourself? Come on now. Like, don't throw that out. This is a, a two-way street. Modesty is, is one way. Lust is another. They're, they're, they're related, but there is responsibility both ways. And I, I think as much effort as has to be put in to keep ourselves from the temptations and the situations that might cause us to struggle, also don't be that stumbling block. And, and so with all of this, going on with what Jesus said in Matthew 5 was that... Uh, he goes, look, if your eye causes you to stumble, cut it out. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And making that metaphor of there's nothing in this life worth it. A beach trip isn't worth it. Swimming pool isn't worth it. You know, having the latest fashionable clothes and looking cool to your friends, not worth it. What matters is holiness. And this goes to this concept I've been talking about a bunch. It, it really is going to be my next book. It's, it's kind of starting in the works, but I have newborn twins. I'm not writing much right now. Come on, Jack. This idea Slacker. of being an us. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, if I can teach these kids to type, man, I got four there little, you, go. you know, uh, exactly. Going. Um, but the idea of creating an us, and it is, it's teaching your kids, we don't do, the, it's, it's not a don't do it, the end, it's we're a certain type of people. We're Jesus's people. We do things his way. And and his way is to not look on women with lust or, or men with lust. His way is to not cause somebody else to stumble. His way is to give up things that we might want to do if it leads to greater holiness because we're blessed and we're happier and we're everything about life is better the holier we are, the closer we are to him. And and so this is what we do. And, and your kids might have a problem with it. I think over time you cultivate that this is who we are, this is what we do, this is why we have these values, and it's not that big of a cost. It's just not. Uh, again, look at Matthew 5. As Jesus says, you're better off going into hell without an eye, without a hand, without anything, or going out, going into heaven without those than going into hell fully whole. Whatever it takes. There's also a, uh, this comes from the guy's side of it, of like, well, can't you just control yourself? I just expect my son to control to control himself when we're at the beach and to not just be ogling. Um, you know, I try to do that myself, and I try to teach my boy that that's just not how how men do it. And so we, you know, you can avoid it, and you can um, basically teach yourself out of being a, a a man is basically what it says. And the reason why is yes, we're wired this way. Okay, we are wired to look upon this and and to really desire it because that's intended for your wife. For the girls that are out there flaunting all of that. Look, that's for your husband, and when you can confidently tell your husband, hey, um, yeah, I've had what you're seeing, I've basically had uh, thousands and thousands of men see for the last several years of my life, um, and here you go, here's here's what you get, like, boy, that sounds great, uh, that's, that's what you want. No, this is something to be protected, okay? Uh, women need to understand that's something to be protected, guys need to understand the same, that's for your wife, but for these guys that, these bros, they're like, well, I can control myself. I, I call foul, you know, kind of cry foul on that. And I say, hold on a second. That's, if you can control it, which again, it can be controlled. That's not to say it can't. 
that should not be something you are actively a situation you are actively pursuing. That means you can control it when something happens when you see a billboard and you bounce your eyes. This is very much every man's battle, right? You bounce your eyes. On the random occasions where something like this happens, you happen to walk by a pool at a hotel and you see that, you know, you bounce your eyes. You're not looking at that. If you go and lounge around the pool and be like, well, I'm a man, I can control it. How much temptation are you inviting into your life? It's very unwise, even if you can do it, especially for your young boys. It's Jack's analogy. I'm going to steal it that he used in the prom video. Can you tightrope walk between two buildings? It's possible. Right. It, It can be done. We probably shouldn't give it a try, right? That's what you're talking about, Joe. Exactly. The other thing to Joe's thing about natural urges as a man, an alcoholic doesn't hang out in a bar. It's just not a good idea for him because he has those natural urges, and the closer he gets to it, the more struggle it's going to be. If you've got, he can say, "I can control myself," but why? Why tempt himself there? And for yeah, and for your younger boys as well. uh, Well, I just expect my boys to. If if that's your attitude, my guess is your boys are not going to come up and be like, yeah, dad, I really struggle with this because you're expecting them to handle it okay. They're not about to tell you, dad, we don't handle this well and we're not going to go on this amazing trip to to the beach because, uh, you know, we live in little little old Iowa and now we get to go to Disney or we get to go to California or whatever it may be. Not Disney. We're boycotting Um, Disney, Joe. Don't forget. Exactly. We're boycotting. That's right. So maybe (laughs) don't go to Disney. But let's just say you're going to the beach and it's like this is your one time year and you expect your 15 year old son to step up and go, Dad, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, you know, I, I think I might struggle with that. If if there is a 15-year-old out there that does that, man, I'm telling you, give that kid the sun, moon, and stars. It does not happen. So stop relying on your kid to be the one that's going to say, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't go on this trip. This is why I put, put so much on the parents. You yeah. have to be aware of these things. And as far as practical tips go for, again, keeping your family safe, it, it's another it's another reason in the laundry list of reasons that your 14-year-old probably shouldn't have social media. That your 15-year-old maybe shouldn't have social media because the, the pictures on Instagram, the, even the Facebook posts, um, the stuff that's going on on social media starting about May are not things that your 14, 15-year-old, I mean, really anybody, obviously, but especially a 14, 15-year-old need to be looking at. So again, in, in the practical tip realm, either stay away from social media when it comes to somebody that's, that's 14, 15 or heavily, heavily monitor it. Again, speaking to parents here, be be vigilant is all that I would say. Kind of yeah. to go with every single one of these that we've talked about. Be vigilant. If you're an 18 year old individual, you're a baptized Christian. You're responsible for your own behavior. Be vigilant yourself. If again, as we've talked about, if you're a parent of of three, four kids that are of the age that maybe some of this stuff is going to be an issue, be vigilant. Don't be lazy about it. Make sure that you are working to keep your families focused on God, making making sure that they keep a perspective on, yes, summer camps and, and things like that can be good, but keep the perspective and the modesty stuff we just discussed. It takes work. It, it takes maybe being the unpopular parent every now and then, but be vigilant about it. That's, that's the only remaining thing that I would say that kind of ties into all three. The other thing is, to finish, my I guess, my last thought, when we talked about goals at the start of the year, there's always going to be those dips, those hard times. When you can hit a goal or stay with it or, or not drop it completely, you know, you might have a bad day or two or whatever, but when you can stay close to that through the times where it's really hard to do so, that habit is so much more entrenched. Oh, yeah. And so if you're a daily Bible reading person, if you're a family worship, you know, one of those goals, uh, any goal that you have, and summer starts throwing things at you and it gets harder and harder to do, but if you can kind of hang on to it through that, you're going to come out of it way more established. And, and that habit, you're not going to, like... When when things settle down in fall, school starts up again for kids, or, or the the church calendar slows down, you've got all that extra time. That habit is solid, and so um, don't let 
these things, you know, we talked about our, your spirituality over the summer. We talked about the, the spiritual highs of camp and all that. Stay steady through these things. That steadiness goes such a long way in the, the Christian walk. All right. Well, with, with that, I think we are going to wrap up this week's episode. As always, check us out on Facebook, uh, Think Deeper podcast page. Leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a rating, a review. We like to hear from you guys. If there if there's a topic you want to hear about, again, I think we say this every week, if there is something you would like us to discuss, drop it in the comments. We are constantly adding to our list of, of potential um, topics for episodes. And so let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, guys, unless you got anything else to add, we are going to wrap up uh, this latest episode of Think Deeper. Mm-hmm.